Welcome to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tabitha Kroc, and every Monday, we talk to a different community member here in North Idaho. And then we end our weeks with something I'm passionate about, the adventures, outdoors, and sports. So follow along to hear some amazing stories and meet some very interesting people. All right, I have Joe Holly here with me, and I am so excited. Um, he is actually, don't let this uh, beard chill dude uh, kind of, he's a fo- he was a football player, which was really cool, but um, he has changed his life to the van life, which I am so excited to hear about, for one, because I have just gotten a van. So tell me a little bit um, about you and a little bit about your background. Yeah, I, uh, thanks for having me on. I played in the NFL for eight years. I got drafted in, uh, in 2010, uh, by the Falcons in the fourth round. I played five years there. Um, and then ended up going down to uh, Tampa Bay to play for the Buccaneers for my final three years of, of, of the NFL. And then in 2017, um, after my body started breaking down and I really came to this realization, I didn't want to play football anymore, that my heart was calling me to something else. Um, so I ended up walking away from the game kind of before my time was up, I just felt like it was time to move on. Um, you know, I went through a, a big kind of transition in my relationship as well. And so like I went through this huge life change where I, you know, everything I had known and everything I had worked for was kind of was gone. Like I had to move on from it. and I had this kind of awakening. And when I was sitting on my couch kind of figuring out what I wanted to do next, um, I knew that I had an opportunity to explore my freedom for the first time from football that I had been playing my entire life, like 16 years, my entire adult life. I've been focused on this one thing, singular purpose is to achieve greatness in this sport. And now that it was over, I was like, now what? Like, and I had a little bit of an identity crisis, which I know a lot of athletes deal with. And so I decided uh, it was a great opportunity to go explore the country and get my mind off of that and kind of explore, you know, who I was without the game of football. So I ended up buying a van, um, a Mercedes Sprinter van, and ended up traveling the country. Um, I was only going to do it for a few months just to kind of explore my freedom. Ended up turning into like a year and a half road trip adventure that has like completely changed my life in so many profound ways. Um, I started a little blog called Man Van Dog Blog to kind of share my journey. And that's how I've connected with a lot of people. Um, And now I'm working on actually you know, really in deep in the process of writing a book about the experience through football, through the transition and what I learned on the road. And um, so that should be coming out in a few months, which I'm really excited about. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at now. That's exciting. Is there one thing that um, pushed you to, you know, get the van? Is there like a moment that you're like, this is it or someone that said, Hey, you should try this. It's kind of a few different things. Um, I think like probably my Probably in 2015 or 16, I still had a couple of years I played, but I met this guy. It was actually one of my ex's best friend's boyfriend, and he had a van. Mm-hmm. And I went to this festival with them, and his van was there. And I was like, dude, this is so dope. Like, you just travel in this? He's like, yeah. And so he had been living that lifestyle for, for a year or two. And so I just kind of talked to him. I was like, that's very fascinating to me. And so it started intriguing me and getting my mind wondering about it. And then I, you know, my, my final couple of years, you know, I was on Instagram scrolling through my feed and I followed a couple national park pages 
and I was just really into nature and like felt called to nature. And I just remember looking at all these really beautiful places like in our own country. I was like, wow, like these are all just like fascinating, beautiful pictures. I was like, do I want to be the kind of guy that that sees these places through a screen or do I want to go like stand in the awe of the actual beauty and feel like the essence of these places? And so that coupled with the van life, coupled with the, you know, going through a breakup, kind of being alone with no job. I had a little bit of money in the bank. I was like, this is it. Like it's all kind of aligning to go do this road trip. And I think, you know, every single person I think that's grown up in this country at some point has like imagined doing, you know, a road trip across the country. So it was just like, I have the opportunity as a grown adult with the money saved without, you know, a job kind of in this transition period to go live it. Like it's kind of, it's my responsibility to do that, you know, yeah. it's kind of how it felt. So what is, um, what have you learned most about this, about yourself? Like, what has this brought out? Like if there's one, I guess there's probably not just one thing, but what have you noticed the most about yourself, whether it's growing, whether it's you found something about yourself you never thought you would. Um, you probably are probably going to write about it in the book, but uh, yeah. yeah. I'm writing a whole book about this. I was like, the book is probably all about this question. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little, and the book's been crazy because it's, it's one thing living the experience and then, you know, going back through and writing these stories out, I've had so many like realizations, like while I'm writing, like literally like telling a story and then just being like, Oh my God, like, and like uncovering deeper layers of that story and like what it means. And, you know, so I basically am, am realizing that I used, you know, a lot of people deal with this, this worthiness issue, like self-worth. And a lot of people have a void. We all do as human, as human natures. And we, and we seek out external validation, money, success, fame, whatever it is to fill that void within ourselves. And for me, it was football and I like I love football and it was amazing. And I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to, to achieve one of the hardest things statistically to do. And that's playing the NFL. And like when that dream was born, it was. I was using it as a way to feel worthy and validated and receive attention and love from my family, my friends, from the fans. And even though I was really conscious, like a lot of people get really lost in that. And I always was like, I'm aware of yeah. I'm not like football is something I do. It's not who I am. But even then when it was all over, like I felt a deep void within myself. It was like, Oh my gosh, like how can I prove my self worth without the one thing that I used to navigate that my entire life is like performance on the field. And so I went on in the van life and I, I learned that, you know, I, I am worthy without that. And filling that void with my own self love and doing the work on myself and uncovering the stories about who I am and, you know, the conditionings and the, the, the way society tells us what success is and what success looks like. And, you know, what is attractive and like all these things and really looking inward at these stories and uncovering them and realizing that that's all they are, are stories. And when you get to the deeper roots of all these stories, you can start creating the story that you want to live. And so now I've kind of come out of this van life, like still with a lot of work to do, but with a lot more confidence in who I am as a person, not relying on these other external things to give me validation or value, but really showing up in the world as a person with inherent value, ready to share that gift with the world. And, you know, that's kind of what I want to inspire people in the books about is like sharing my story to help people navigate, you know, and there's, there's so many different layers to what that is. That's like the main overarching theme, but you know, like overcoming fear, 
like getting outside your comfort zone. Like that's where all the growth happens. And it, a lot of people, they seek out their entire lives trying to create a comfortable life of certainty. And what I've learned is life is uncertain. There's the impermanence of it. Like anything can happen on any day. And, you know, just, just like this, the, the, when the globe shut down because of this pandemic, it's like anything can happen. And that really kind of shook a lot of people's lives because it's like, oh my gosh, how do I navigate this unknown? Yeah. And me walking away from football and my relationship because it just didn't feel right. It was like deep in my heart, like something was calling me and I had, it takes a lot of courage. I know a lot of people feel that, but they end up being like, okay, I don't, I'd rather stay comfortable when I know things aren't quite right, but it's like, I, this is known, at least I know this and they stay in a bad relationship or a bad job that's unsatisfying or stay in a city that an environment that they're not really thriving in because it's comfortable. And it takes a lot of courage for someone to really answer the call of their heart and go explore and find out like who they really are without that. And so like kind of leaning into fear and overcoming fear and having the courage to do so and following your heart and like all these things um, is really what I want to share about and talk about. Oh, I'm so excited. When does this book uh, come out? Um, I'm almost done with the manuscript and then the editing process will take probably uh, two or three months uh, back and forth, depending how well it's written. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll see. My <laughs> ego is probably going to take a hit after getting some red lines through there, but yeah. it's, it's good. Like what I've learned, like I hired a writing coach, which I'm so grateful for because it's such a daunting task to think about by myself because I'm, you know, there's a whole nother deeper level story that, sorry if I go off on a tangent here, but <laughs> when I first started the trip and I wanted to start the blog, I actually was like, I'm going to do a blog. Everybody's doing it now. And so I, I sat down before I even took off on trip and I was going to do a written blog. And I wrote for like three hours and I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. And I went back and reread what I wrote and I was like, oh my God. And I had like never journaled or written anything in my life. And I expected I was just going to sit down and write like a good blog. And I read it and I was like, wow, I just sound like a dumbass. Like this is just <laughs> not good. I can't do this. And so like a lot of self-limiting beliefs came on. Like I'm not a writer. Like I really never felt like a good writer. And it's like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use a medium of creativity that I'm way more comfortable with, which was video. So I decided to do YouTube. So I did more of like a blog, but, and that's a whole nother story, like talking to a camera and getting comfortable doing that. But that was a lot more like less vulnerable for me to share myself that way because I could hide behind the creativity and the shots and the music. And like, but when you write, it's like so raw and vulnerable and you're putting yourself out there. And I just didn't want to be subject to that. And through the process of traveling in, in the van, I actually like started journaling and started writing every day. And I started, you know, writing positive affirmations at the end of my journal entries every day. Like I am a good writer. I am going to write a book. I am an author. And even though I didn't believe it at the time, I was like using these practices to reinforce these, like these positive thoughts in my brain of who I am. And like the craziest things started happening. Like the more I'd write, and I'd write for myself, not for anyone else. So it was just a lot more raw and I was able to be vulnerable. Like I just realized like the words started flowing out of me like a lot easier and a lot more beautifully. And I'm like, whoa, who is writing this? And that was like, I started journaling and writing for myself probably a year ago. And now I'm like confidently showing up every day and writing a book. Cool. And so it just goes to show you like you can really reprogram these stories about who you are and what you think you're capable of because there's no way I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to write a book and do it myself. And now I'm like showing up and actually like excited about putting it out there and, and seeing what people think about it and sharing my story in a vulnerable way. So yeah, it's been really, really fascinating. That's really cool. 
Um, so I bet your body is really happy that you quit football too. Um, so what do you do for fitness now? Yeah, um, that's one thing I was really looking forward to being done playing was, was it was just physically so tough on my body. I mean, I got bone spurs in both my ankles. I dislocated my left kneecap twice. I had total knee construction on my right knee. My ACL and MCL blew out. It was like an 11 month recovery and surgery. A torn labrum in my shoulder, bulging disc in my neck. And so my body was just like barely hanging on and waking up every day in pain. And so I really like probably, I traveled a lot and I started doing a lot, like a lot more yoga and I, I do a lot more body weight movements and hike, but I really like took it easy. And I, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, I really dove into like a daily yoga practice to try and get my body back. And it has completely changed my life. Um, you know, switching this, this idea that I need to like go into a weight room and lift heavy weights, but my joints, it hurts my joints. Like every time I'd go do some squats, like my back would hurt the next day and my knees. And I'm like, but I felt like that's what I needed to do because it's like, like, like yeah. again, it's a story and it's ingrained in my mind. And so like reframing that into going and showing up on the mat and sitting in poses and like surrendering into like the breath and the pose and doing these more like opening the body up rather than trying to push the body. And it's really like, you know, I, I can't, I showed up on the mat for the physical benefits and it's like had so much more deeper effects with like my mindset, my mind body connection and all of that. And so right now, I mean, I really just try to do, I like to say consistency over intensity. So I really don't lift that much anymore. I do like, I try to move in the morning cause I wake up and my body is like really tight and there's still cranks everywhere. And so I do like some movements some stretches. I like to shake it out. I'll go on walks. I like have a kettlebell, I'll do some swings, but I just do like 20 to 40 minute little movement practices that in involve stretching. Probably I try to do once or twice a day and just consistently move throughout the day, I think is way more important than like, you know, this old idea of having to go to the gym for an hour and a half and really like sweat and be like, I think that's just hard to do because it's, it's intimidating. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, so next question, what is your favorite type of music or favorite band? Favorite type of music. I like Pandora because it plays music for me and I've never really been like a big, like I don't have a library of music because I think it's just another thing to think about with songs and artists. And so I like just kind of picking an, an, like a genre or something. So I like, I like EDM, um, like smooth electronic kind of music. Um, cause it kind of puts me in a trance. It's like a meditative state, especially when I'm driving and I like, you know, the high energy vibes when I'm out. Um, so I like like Kygo, like I have Kygo radio. It's a lot of good jams on there. I also like, um, probably one of my favorite bands is the revivalists. Mm. Um, and they, you know, like a smooth indie rock kind of feel. Um, but I, I mean, I love music. I love live music. I just don't like, I'm never the guy that's the DJ or picking the songs. Like, cause I like it all, you know, if it's good music, I'll listen to it. Yeah. I'm that person in my relationship. I'm like, I'll, I'll take the DJ role. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad there's people like you because it takes off all the stress off of me. <laughs> so favorite, um, favorite food. Like if you could just pick a meal to eat forever, what would it be? Oh, wow. So I've definitely cleaned up my diet. Like a part of my journey and part of my healing journey has been how I fuel my body. And it's crazy how when we get in touch with what we put in our body, 
especially me, like I can, I can tell when my, my inflammation is spiked and my pain is up, my body's tight. And it's like, that's not just because I, you know, physically did something. It's because I'm feeling my body and I can like feel that. So it's definitely changed over the years. Like I really, I would say probably when I was eating unhealthy, like Chinese food was like my, I loved it. And like, I probably would have said that would be my final meal. I haven't had Chinese food, like actual, like the really fried Chinese yeah. food for like probably three or four years. Um, Cause I just know how like bad it is for me. Um, like now I really appreciate like natural food and like really healthy food. And um, my girlfriend's a really amazing cook. And so she cooks like all these veggies and you know, I mean, I'm definitely eating a lot more plant-based now. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, like an actual meal, I would say my favorite type of food is rice. Ooh, yeah. So anything with rice, any type of rice, you know, you go down to Peru and like rice is one of the big things like rice and soup. And I remember going down there, I hiked the Inca trail and every single meal, they had a different kind of rice with it. And I was like, this is amazing. I could live here. <laughs> You're like, yes, all the rice. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um so this is a um i guess a selfish selfish question but what is like um in your van what is the one thing you like have to have that you know it is like um or maybe even just a couple of things that are so beneficial to living on the road in a van yeah so this is good so i, I when i first hit the road i hadn't ever done it right and so i remember reaching out to my buddy that had done it i'm like what, what do i need what's the thing and his advice was always like you just gotta you're not gonna need as much as you think and just go start doing it and experience it and learn as you go. And that was really great advice. Um, and like the van I bought, like I thought it was really cool. It was an E350 Ford pop top sportsmobile. And it was really amazing. But living in it for six months, I realized it's, there's a lot of things I do differently. It wasn't very comfortable. Like the fridge space wasn't good. And then I ended up finding this new van, which is the Sprinter van, um, which has like everything the way I want it and it's pretty amazing. Like there's not a lot of work with the pop top. It's a high roof so I can stand up in it. It's got like the fridge space. It's got a little kitchenette um, and it's got a full queen size bed in the back, which is amazing. So I think the number one to think, thing to think about is like the sleeping situation. Like, are you gonna be comfortable? Is there gonna be enough room? Um, I think the fridge is pretty big. I have a Dometic, it's almost like an ice chest that opens up and um, you can plug it in to an outlet and I think there's 12 volts too that you can like plug into cars and um that keeps it cold and those are really amazing and I actually have it that's like it's on the slider that slides underneath this table oh, cool. um and then I think having an easy way to to cook food but that's really not that big a deal if you want to save space because you know there's little like stove things you can twist on um those little propane tanks yeah. and like cook on those like camping stuff so that's really not a terribly big deal but having like having some water to to clean like your pans and stuff if you're going like backcountry camping but that's really not that big a deal if you're going to like rv parks or campsites there's always like they usually have good bathrooms and there's always access to water so like you know a lot of people are like do you have a, i don't have a bathroom on mine and i think as a female it'll be a, it's a little bit different story um but for me as a male like you know i stop at a lot of starbucks to use the restroom like they have really nice bathrooms as i'm traveling and living out of the state that's a little secret for you guys. Like if you're going and need to go to the bathroom on a road trip, like Starbucks always have clean bathrooms, always easy to go. It's way better than the gas stations. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically it. I mean, I, I would say comfort, comfort's big, Make, making sure you're comfortable. Yeah, we're getting the good bed. So um, that's, I knew that was going to be number one. Yeah. Um, so what is one piece of advice you would give a younger you? Oh, that's such a good question. Oh, you know, it's fascinating because that question, you know, I always, I always tell myself, like, if I knew what I know now when I was younger, like, life would be so different, right? But that's the purpose of life is to live out the experiences so that you can learn. And that's how you accrue, accrue wisdom. Like, you can't just show up without the experiences, without the hardships, without the lessons. So I think I would, if I could go back and have a conversation with my younger self, I would just, I would just tell him to keep going, to keep, keep his head up and know that like he's going to do great things in this world and that everything is going to be just fine. So just keep, keep going. And um, it's fascinating. I think I've always deep down known that and I've always had this like in, in inherent trust in the universe that everything is happening for me and not to me. And so even through the trials and the tribulations, like in my book, it's, it's really amazing. Like I talk a lot about my football career and a lot of the ups and downs and things I went through. Like I ended up losing my starting job five different times and had to like claw my way back up and, and see the field again, whether that was blowing my knee out, you know, getting replaced by a high draft pick, losing my job to a younger guy. And every time I just I work my way back and I'd have to overcome these, these beliefs and these doubts. And so I just, you know, I tell him to, it's all going to be okay. I'd probably tell him to maybe work a little bit harder and maybe own, like own it a little bit more. Like in the NFL, it's like earlier in my career, I kind of had this attitude of, you know, when you're, when you're a football player and you make it that far, like every single team I was on and most guys are on, whether it's high school and college, they're the best player on the team. So there's just like, you know, I, I own everybody. I'm like really good. And then you get to the NFL and it's like, you're surrounded by the best athletes in the world. And like, I went from being the best on every team I played on to like, not really that good. Like on the bottom, like third of the roster of athletes. And there was a lot of self doubt and stuff I had to work through. So if I could go back to myself at that time, I'd be like, go in there and own it. Like you belong here, like have confidence because that energy, when you bring that energy into something, it radiates and people can tell if you feel like you belong, not in a cocky sort of way, but just like a confidence in yourself. Like if I could have done that, my whole career would have been different because I would have had this first impression like I belong, but this like self-doubt, like do I belong? I'm struggling. That, that energy shows too. And it's such a, such a high stress, high performance, like sport that they will find someone else to replace you if you're not living up to it. And I had to learn that the hard way through a lot of different lessons, which you'll read about in the book, but yeah. Awesome. Well, how can people support you or reach out to you or um, learn more about you? Yeah. Um, I'm most active on social media, on Instagram at joe.holly, H-A-W-L-E-Y. Um, I have a YouTube channel. If you want to check out some videos from my road trip, um, there's, I think 25 videos up there um, at man van dog blog. And then I have my website, manvandogblog.com, but I'm currently working on transitioning into more of a personal brand and um, starting a new company and writing the book. And so I'm kind of in this transition phase, but yeah, I'd love to hear from your listeners. Um, yeah, reach out to me for sure and, and love to connect. Well, I'm looking forward to the book. I uh, cannot wait. That will be a must read for my road trips. <laughs> 
Well, thank yeah, you. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah, thank you. Keep in touch and uh, let me know how the road trip goes. I'll do.